Hey there, podcast listeners. It's me, Grant, the host of the Two Versus Two podcast. I just wanted to say a little something here before this episode. Um, when we recorded episode four of the podcast last week, uh, one of the guests got stuck in traffic and wasn't able to make it on time. So while the rest of us were waiting around for him, we started talking about old games, and before you know it, we had about 30 minutes of content. Then once uh, once Drew showed up, we talked for another like two and a half hours. So I decided to split up the podcast into two files. Uh, as you probably already read on its description, the one you're listening to right now is sort of episode three and a half. It's Joe Leif and me talking about Japanese RPGs. Uh, episode four is also out there. It's about two and a half hours, uh, and it's our Game of the Year podcast. So uh, look for that where you usually find these things. So, uh, yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy uh, three hours of two versus two awesomeness or relative awesomeness, and uh, we'll see you in 2010. Oh, and one more thing. I'm sorry about the weird humming, droning noise that uh, persists through some of this recording. I don't know where that was coming from. I think it was from our upstairs neighbors, but they're jerks, and they're not considerate to those who are trying to do a video game podcast. So that's it. Enjoy. I mean, we so did. You guys could gang up on me about JRPGs. That could work. And what? Say how great they are and how dumb you are for not having played one. Exactly. And, I, I know. Pretty I know. much just done it. When was the last one you played, actually? Was <laughs> okay, it Final Fantasy XII? JRPG I played. Last um, one, not the best. What? The last one, not the best one. The last one would be. Well, does, uh, does that Xbox one count? Enchanted Arms? No, 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 uh, no, it was called like if it's made in Japan, it counts. Lost Odyssey or something like that. Yeah, Odyssey, sure, yeah, that counts. That counts. Absolutely. Why? Why yeah. in the world did you play that? Hey, well, I actually, <laughs> I, I, I hung out, I hung I out in a game. room where it was played, and okay. I was kind of impressed by it, and that made me feel as though I had vicariously played. So Nick play Nick likes guys with long hair, and she was like, "I'm gonna play." No, this she game. played it for about three hours. But the very first like scene in that game—it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, is is really pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it made me go, "That is really cool." And she played it for like ten or fifteen hours, and I came down at like the tenth hour, and some asshole was talking, and I was like, "Who is this asshole?" You know, and that was kind of my—that was kind of my end. I didn't make end it. Of my relationship with the game, and she stopped playing it shortly thereafter. But uh, that opening scene was totally. Badass. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. That first fight, like, I had not yet encountered the concept of we're going to make you do this boss fight, and when you deplete his hit points, we're just going to have you do something awesome. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, that was new to me with that game, and I guess they redid this in Dragon Age, which we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. but uh, That's true. Uh, I enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty cool. Sure. Well, I I had kind of the same experience. Um, I played it. I rent I rented it long after it came out. I think from uh, from GameFly, 
and saw that first opening scene was really awesome, and I was like, this seems like it's going to be a really cool concept. And then I, I played it for a few more hours, and I got I like I think I rode a train to the to the first town or something. Oh, that's pretty early on, yeah. And then the you go to like report or something, or go to the castle, and he's like, go to the, the this tower that's outside of town and do this. And I'm like. <laughs> I can't. I can't do an RPG right now where I have to go yeah, to a tower. It was actually really weird for me because I saw that first scene and I was like, "How cool is it that you are like this ancient badass and you know you have been encased in molten bullshit for the last you know three thousand years or whatever, and you're just gonna walk out now and kick some ass and that's gonna be awesome." And I thought, you know, in the same way that the the main character of uh, the original Xenogears kind of captured me. Sure. Because he was, because he was like, I'm in, motherfucker. Oh, God. Wait. Wait. <laughs> what happened? I turned off wireless in the middle of calling him, thinking it would seamlessly switch to wired. But... <laughs> you can't cut out in the middle of talking about Xenogears? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to have your chance to talk about it. Lost Odyssey too. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. He probably thinks we're still connected. Uh-oh. Is he still talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's this incredibly cogent point about... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's like Drew last uh-huh. time. So how long have you been talking without realizing that we weren't there? I finished the sentence. <laughs> so you're like, Zeta Gears is awesome, and let me let me tell you about this incredible sequence where... Fa- oh. Yeah, I, I was totally doing that. <laughs> Sorry, I switched from wireless to wired in the middle of talking, and I thought it would be like a seamless transition. That's kind of mean. Why would you think it would be seamless? Because I'm not the network engineer here. Previous experience led you to believe it would be seamless. Look, you don't even know what a fucking stop button looks like, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but when it comes to networking, you can't mess with me. That's true. So, what were you saying about Xenogears? I was just saying that. You identified a cool character that kind of grabbed me. Where yeah, Id was like he kicked a bunch of ass, and you know the story kind of revolved. Or, well, the story when it wasn't incomprehensible kind of revolved <laughs> around the fact that he was like primordial and and you know overpowered and right had different incarnations over and time. And I kind of envisioned so. this idea that Lost Odyssey was going to be this game where I was this towering problem and. <laughs> And everything was going to be, was going to revolve around me being, you know, emo and having long hair and like kicking (laughs) the shit out of a thousand things at once. And that seemed really neat. And that's how they sold it too. I mean, that's, I I felt exactly the same way. And I watched Grant, I I watched Nick play and she was suddenly mired in the normal JRPG bullshit. You know, it was just, (laughs) there's some guy and he's the character you just picked up and he, He's wacky, and he, you know, hits on ladies, and I was like, wow. Yeah, that, it feels like they really that, dropped the ball. That's not the but, bill of goods I was sold. But you and I, you and I played it for a combined, you know, I played it for about two hours, Nick played it for, or you played it for zero while watching Nick. Yeah, but. I think we played it for maybe 10 or 15 hours. But Leif has actually, it sounded like you finished it, No, you? I actually oh. haven't. Um, so... I have a somewhat incomplete experience. Yeah, it's so bad. But, late oh, hey. <laughs> well, actually, I, I had picked, I had picked up the game well after it had come out. I got used. And I was like, because I didn't get an Xbox until like two years after it was out or whatever. 
And so I had finally had an Xbox, and I was like, I'm going to play this game because there aren't very many RPGs coming out right now. Yeah, because it's the only Xbox game that I like. Yeah, right. I mean, that's pretty fair. Um, (laughs) So I... um, so I, I got it, and I, I've gotten through the first disc. Um, I'm not sure how much if, if that's actually a fourth of the game. Probably a little that's more. That's just ridiculous that it's a multiple disc on DVD. Anyway. Well, I mean that's what you know. It's yeah, the, it's, well, the, it's the, the new the it's the new PS One. They put a lot of effort. Yes, yes, yeah. So I imagine they're data rich. Right, and so sure the the rpg itself is you know fairly standard final fantasy stuff um it was made by the guys that did the uh shadow heart series or at least the first one i think or i think they did all of them um but you can definitely tell that i think when you're playing the game uh, once you get past you know the, the fact that oh it's not about this you know fey like you know mortal badass guy that's been around and has different incarnations etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know i, I kind of I, since it had already been out for, you know, however many years, I kind of went into it knowing that, okay, it's it's a fairly, uh, it's a fairly standard RPG. And well, don't got... you feel like the first two hours <laughs> sell you on? It's totally about being this towering, mm. huge badass. The first, like, the first scene does. By yourself. The first scene does. That's like maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, so you, you play the first 10, 15 minutes and you're like, yay, I'm awesome. And then, you know, once you start getting characters, um, which is, I think maybe like half an hour or an hour into it, um, cause you get, uh, you know, another immortal character. Um, and then you start realizing, oh, there's more immortal people. And, uh, so you, getting <laughs> me quiet, life's talking. <laughs> I, I'm getting harassed. Hey. I like the, ba- I like the background of the video. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it, it kind of takes a little bit of a dip in the, uh, kitty, uh, no, in the, uh, sort of, uh, pacing. It's, it's yeah, it sort of takes a bit of a dip in the pacing once you get the kids. Um, because there's two kids that join you, uh, they're twins, they're basically following for them. I was gonna, oh, I was just gonna say. Yeah, no, I mean, the game is Final Fantasy IV. Uh, oh, there's no doubt well, about that. Oh, um, okay. Well, what do you mean? Like, how? Like, is he a? Well, is, he's a all dark the, knight, and like, I mean, kind of. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. The I'm characters, almost all the characters, basically have their uh, Final Fantasy IV equivalents. You've got the old guy that's basically Sid. Um, I think his, his name is Sid, actually. Um, it's. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the same really? dude. You know, it's it's Sakaguchi. This makes me angry. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't this the same company that did? I thought it was Hironobu Sakaguchi and yeah. the rest, like, so they did... It's Sakaguchi and crew. So they did... They do the they concepting. Do the they did the concepting uh-huh. of it and, like, did all the story and scenario and character stuff, and then they got the guys that did Shadow Hearts to actually make the game. Okay. Um, I, I, you, know, yeah. you know, it's interesting that <laughs> I think of these JRPGs as making up a huge part of, like, the games I played when I was a kid and a teenager, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Brandon and I have been going through this exercise where I am trying to define like my top 30 or 40 games of doing that at work uh-huh. and I was just kind of fascinated by the fact that not one JRPG makes the top 10 <laughs> not a single one because eventually they get overwhelmed by games that are just more fun to play that doesn't surprise me coming from you 
maybe for Brandon, I would expect him to have at least one in his top ten. But you've always well, he's been... played ten games ever, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of ranking them. <laughs> I mean, my top ten include things like Star Siege Tribes and Daiku Mug. You know, that doesn't count. You can't count. <laughs> what is the what is the list? Top like. Game, God, do you, I wish I had it right here on my computer. Do you put, like, like fucking shoots and ladders on there or something? Like, where do you draw the line? <laughs> but, I mean, it is. Like, I had to put something in there to represent how important muds were for me for several years, right? I guess. So, well, I, so a, I guess I put uh, Dykemud. I don't know what the purpose of your list is, so I have no idea if that's important or not, you know? It's but, like, like, you know, you just, ever, yeah. it's amazing how quickly that top ten becomes crowded and you have to start kicking people out of it. Oh, of course. Hmm. You know, System Shock 2 is in there. Um, As it should be. Mm-hmm. Daikuma is in there. <laughs> Star Siege Tribes. Um, Mu 2 yeah. is in there. I mean, um, I think uh, all of those... Tactics is the only thing resembling a JRPG that gets in there. Well, I think all of those... I wouldn't be surprised to hear those on people's lists, except for Tribes, which I would imagine for the for you know probably 95 to 98% of the people in play video games, it wouldn't even oh, crack yeah. their top 50, you know? Tribes is a very niche experience, but if you were part of that niche, then it will never go out of your top Yeah, game. sure. I yeah. mean, you could I, you could say the same thing about about any game that requires that much effort and you yeah, know, things like that. Yeah, kind of learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, XCOM is in there. Yeah. Um, Diablo 2 is one of them. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, now I'm struggling to actually remember the other... The <laughs> well, other maybe you should have brought it home. What? Maybe you should have brought the list home, man. I should have. It would have been It would have been good, but it would have gotten in the way of you talking about the best games of the year. Well, we don't I, We don't necessarily have to stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and plus, like... interesting, because I think I can only take that conversation three games deep. <laughs> and, I mean, my choices will be weird. I'm fairly opposite here. But well, I think, I don't even think I can come up with five games released this year that I gave a shit about. I, well, it's funny, I, I have a side blog that I do, it's not, like, my personal blog, um, and I contribute just sort of being the gaming guy that posts on it, and every year, which is now, you know, this is the second year that I've actually <laughs> been, you know, on this blog, um, I'm sort of trying to put together a tradition of, you know, what are the you know, what are the games that came out this year that I played and enjoyed? Not necessarily, necessarily like, played to completion, but, you know, what are the games that are notable that I experienced this year? And last year, I forget however many, you know, I put on that, and it, I just put little pictures of them. I don't list out, you know, every single game and impressions of them. But I've been putting together a list for this year, and I've got 58 games on the list. Right. Wow. <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah. I just I play so many games that are just you know I will play I play Magic now I will play Magic in ten years it, it's not a game that came out this year but it takes out a huge huge amount of my time right right and and there's so many games like that in my life gotcha. that you really have to make an impression on me mm-hmm. for me to remember that that, that came out this year. Mm. Well, I I don't know if I've if I've got fifty eight games that would go on that list, but I've probably got uh, I probably got considerably more than uh, than you do, Joe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, seriously, I think I have I have played and and deeply enjoyed 
three games that came out this year. I think that's it. Mm. Three. Well, what are the three though? Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter Four. Uh, NBA Two K. Tens. <laughs> and uh, um, Dragon Age. Oh, right, I forgot about Dragon Age. We're not talking about that yet, though. <laughs> so, my big question to you, Grant, when it comes to the, like, historical impact of games, is where do games <laughs> that you really deeply care about for no particularly good reason fit? In what? You know, like, where do games like, like Dragon Force and Shining Force 3 and stuff like that, where do games like that fit? You, you can't legitimately say that they are top 50 games all time but in your life they're inordinately important well I wouldn't say I mean those two are not equal I think Dragon Force was more it was a fun game to play (laughs) yeah Dragon Force was was a good game and it was fun we liked it because of the dialogue but Shining Force 3 I think is at its time and until Final Fantasy Tactics I don't remember how how many years there were between the two was pretty much the best game of its type in, like, ever. And I don't I think, think there's really I, any dispute in that. I think that Shining Force actually came out after Final Fantasy Tactics. It was a Saturn no, game, and Tactics was, was a PlayStation, so I doubt it. Yeah. No, Shining yeah. Force, like, I played Shining Force Not two. the first one, but the oh, third okay. one. Okay. Third one was, like, the last game released on the Saturn. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was I'll look it up while we're talking. Because I, I was going to say, like, I played... And they never did English translations for parts two and three. Yeah, that's very and sad. I really wanted to play them, but... Um, like, I was going to say, I, I played Shining Force 2 mm-hmm. on my Game Gear. <laughs> I never did have a game here. <laughs> yeah, and that was, like, one of the sole games I played on it, and it was my very first, like, tactics RPG. Oh, yeah, well, I don't remember <laughs> what I played before the Shining Force games, but obviously that's a pretty popular genre, or a pretty well, prolific genre. I remember genre. playing the very first Shining Force, I think, on my Genesis. Yeah, it was a Genesis mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Shining Force 3 uh, released August 98 in the States. That sounds like it was... After after tactics, definitely. Yeah, let's. I mean, tactics is just a better game, but Shining Force was this weird. I don't think. I don't know, I don't know if tactics of good gameplay and some shit that we enjoyed. It. Uh, I. Th- I don't think the tactics was necessarily. I mean, I think you could argue as to whether or not it was a better game. I. It was definitely a deeper, more complicated game, whereas the the like. The well, story and, and who are you talking to? I mean, <laughs> deeper, more complicated, basically makes it better to me. Of course. I mean, Final Fantasy Tactics might be my favorite video game of all time. But there are some get like in this genre, you can say it's not really a matter of opinion. I don't think to say that Final Fantasy Tactics is a better game than Vandal Hearts. You know? Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> but between Final Fantasy Tactics and Shining Force Three, I think you could say, well, I could make a case for either one of those being the best, especially no, I, if you I count parts. Say the same thing. I think I would be comfortable saying exactly the same statement that no one would would legitimately consider Shining Force to be in the same league as Final Fantasy Tactics. I think, well, it, whether that's objectively true or not, I think it hurts Shining Force Three because nobody played it. Also, um, there's Final sure, Fantasy it was Tactics not on the right platform. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Have you played any of the uh, the advanced games, the tactics advanced games? Me? Yeah. Uh, and Leif when he stops chewing. <laughs> I bought Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and I hated it. And I played it for like an hour. Okay. 
that's astonishing because I was <clears throat> really psyched about it. You yeah. know, just because it had the Final Fantasy Tactics name on it, right. but I didn't feel like it was anywhere near even close to the same kind of game. Well, it's basically here's another Final Fantasy Tactics game. We're doing it differently, but it's a Final Fantasy game that happens to be tactics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they happen to remove everything that I liked. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, the the thing I loved about tactics really was that it was linear enough that it kept your attention, but it was open ended enough that I could really play around with you know, my classes and, point, and the jobs I was going to use and I could obsess over how to mechanically construct my characters. Well, they're also, um, for some, like, I loved the world of Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the, just the political intrigue and the kind of, the, the, the feeling that it all had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I while, you're about to say the same thing that I felt. And while I liked the idea of let's transport kids from the real world to this world of Final Fantasy, in, yeah. th in theory, <laughs> I, they are so in love with Evilus, and I am... Evilus, I mean, the first time Evilus shows up is in Vagrant. Final Tactics, the first no, one, and it's a pretty Vagrant. dark universe. And yeah, but it's... It, it's like, Moogles are hilarious. Yeah, but there's almost no, like, it's like in Tactics and in Vagrant Story, there's really no... It, it doesn't seem like it counts, you know? Like, technically, yes, those took place in the same world, but I've, I've never really... I'm talking about, you know, Tactics Advance and Final Fantasy XII and well, subsequent things. Well, Tactics Advance and Tactics Advance 2 are both their own sort of, you know, made-up versions of, you know, Ivelisse. It's kind of, like, conveniently there, whereas uh, Twelve yes. Tactics and Vigor Story actually take place in the real Ivelisse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Tactics, like, the original Tactics, the, the political makeup of the world was deeply important to, you know, what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like you could bet, you could set Tactic Advanced anywhere, and it, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, I yeah. agree. The Zodiac stuff never really seemed to come into play, like, ever. And yeah. 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 But it's interesting that the, the games that we would consider the real Evilist games, Vagrant Story 12 and... That what was the other one? Ta the original tactics. Yeah, those are cl I, I think clearly <laughs> the better games compared yeah. to well, tactics. And what's advantage. interesting is is you talk about Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, and that game was probably the catalyst to make me decide to officially stop believing that I liked JRPGs. <laughs> sure. Um, that game, you know, I played it and I was having a good time, <clears throat> and you know. I didn't feel pulled into it. Like, I kept trying to go back, like, hey, it's a Final Fantasy game. I'm supposed to love this. And then the fucking airship pirate showed up, and I was like, really? Are you going to... He's Are the best of my favorite character. I know, he's the best character in the game. You're like, fuck that guy, I want more street urchins for 10 hours. What are you talking about? He's like, the main character shows up, and you're like, fuck this. And then when that guy showed up, I was like, Really, we're gonna have this guy again. We're gonna have a a, a a pirate with an airship, and his his bitch is gonna be this like ridiculous Playboy bunny thing. Well, you have to you can separate those two things. Like the idea of the bunny women, I don't particularly like. I like that. There, I like who the bunny people. I don't remember what are they called again. The yeah. Fiera. Yeah, um, I don't know, but it just felt like the game was like, well, have 
have these have video games not alienated your wife enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, revealing bunny lady. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I exactly. I mean, I just what was the point of giving her bunny ears? Like, fuck off! I'm trying to I'm trying to be like a part of mainstream society. I can't. I can't dispute the bunny ears. I mean, but uh, that's Balthier. I think is. Are you saying that like you don't want another Setzer or you don't want another Sid or I don't understand what you're complaining about with him? <laughs> I guess I just felt like I was playing a game that in some that I had played before in you know to a, de- a degree to the left. Right. It's interesting because I, I <laughs> my complaints with Final Fantasy XII have nothing like I thought that they did so much new, at least to the Final Fantasy series, if not to the JRPG yeah. uh, genre. They did so much new that that I loved it because of that. And the yeah. problems that I had with it were more of the story being a little ridiculously dense and overtranslated and things like that. I, I mean. It's, it's, it's actually the same kind of problem I have with, like, fantasy novels these days, is I feel like really another farm boy hero, you know, and I just, uh, I'm I'm kind of tired of these archetypes. Well, sure, that, I mean, the... the... That, that don't seem to ever go beyond the shallowest examination of that archetype. I agree, and that the hero's journey is has been, I mean, it's, it's probably been boring a lot of us for a very long yeah, time. The coming-of-age story is yeah. what they call it. And yeah. like, and 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 I, if if you look at Final Fantasy twelve as like the story of Vaughn, then I agree because he's fucking boring. And the only thing I think is interesting about him is his relationship with whatever his f- friend's name is. Right. Um, I, I mean, I guess you're saying that the pirate becomes a more interesting character, but I literally kind of stopped playing as soon as he showed up because I went, "Oh Christ, it's so I have to bring this character in." And I have to do that because I need an airship so that I can explore other parts of the world. And he is a rakish airship pirate. Except you never actually... I I just didn't care as soon as I found out that he existed. You know, it just bothered me. Okay, well... (laughs) Well, I mean, if you don't like airships, then you probably don't like the Final Fantasy series. It it changes, it gets better. Well, then I'm sure... then, Then you'd better buy Final Fantasy 13 and love it. Because apparently it's <laughs> completely different. I haven't looked into much stuff. Oh no, I don't want to know. Uh, I, I I deliberately but avoid they're, those. They're the uh, they're the Final Fantasy X style, so they're technological airships. Well, I mean, the main character's name is Lightning. I kind of figured that there was going to be <laughs> they were going to mix it up a little bit, but oh, well, yeah. it, it is it's, it is a bit different. <laughs> yeah, um, but so I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to be spoiling. That's for it. that's fair. It comes out in like four <laughs> months. Uh, now, with all that said, sure, anyways. Um, <laughs> you have a very good chance of sucking me into playing the next 14? online Final Fantasy with Well, Virginia yes. and I are going to play it. So, and I'm playing it. And so, yeah, we've got a group. We've got a, a five-man group if you bring your wife. Get on in there. Oh, yeah. she, I have no idea what she'll do. She'll probably yeah. still be playing Champions. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't predict. Okay. Well, it's funny. They just revealed, or not revealed, but they just... Uh, Attempted to do a big dramatic uh, unveiling of some of the music for Final Fantasy XIV um, because they're like, "Oh, we're doing uh, you know the Distant Worlds uh, Final Fantasy concert in Chicago this past weekend," and they're like, N- "Now featuring uh, a suite or like a medley or something from Final Fantasy XIV," 
And I'm like, great, that's going to be awesome because I've been waiting to hear more stuff, you know, from Oyamatsu. And, and so I get a YouTube video of what that performance was. First off, it's about an hour, or not an hour, uh, a, <laughs> sorry, a minute of, uh, the, you know, the, uh, conductor, Arnie Roth, uh, t- you know, introducing it and being like, this is never before performed <laughs> in the U.S. or anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then when they finally get to it, they play the TGS trailer on the screen. And the music that they're playing is exactly the music from that trailer, <laughs> uh, except for an orchestra. So it's like, well, I, I see what you did there. you're on their side. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, and it's basically like two and a half, two minutes of music. Yeah, it's I, like I try not much to less than a minute. by the hype that precedes them, because I feel like the oh. developers who make those games really, you know, and the vision of those games... You know, have nothing to do with whatever yeah. marketing comes up with. Well, he's talking about fourteen, not thirteen. I mean, fourteen has got almost no hype so far. It's just been right. Uh, it was well, well, but he's describing a marketing effort. You know, I feel like I guess. I mean, the the when I went to the the Final Fantasy concert uh, a few months ago, when they played something from Eleven, you could tell the crowd could not give less of a damn about what's I going on. I loved it though. I, was... I was happy to hear it, but it's like I barely remember <laughs> this song, and oh. it feels like the. A lot of the people were there to kind of hear the oh, see, hear I, the classics, you see, know. See, the iconic the music, stuff. the music they played from Eleven. That was Runfower. That was me for maybe like a hundred hours leveling like one to ten characters. Now let's be fair. That's not, that's not RPG music. That's music. I mean, when yeah. you show up at at somebody's concert, you expect them to play their hits. Yeah, I mean it's a I. It's the same way at any when you go to see any show, I suppose. But <laughs> I don't I, I don't remember much of Eleven's music because I you hear it so often that I kind of blocked oh, all of it out. That's interesting. Um, and I never played a uh, El Elvan Elvan. Well, you don't my have name. to though. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm saying that that I, I was the, a tower tower when I leveled there. So. Well, <laughs> that, that I never I actually that's one of the few. Because I, I leveled in the in the in the Winders area, like surrounding areas, uh, and the Bastok surrounding areas yeah, a lot, yeah. but never Sandoria, so that I don't have any association with that. Uh, well, that was my one of my favorite pieces from oh. Eleven, so I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's kind of interesting because they play, you know, in the game it's pretty low key. It's like you know, da, 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 it's like it's kind of like little jaunty melody. And then when Do they you play, think, though, because you're a musician, you're more uh, likely to evaluate a piece of music out of context than probably. we are, like. <laughs> Like we might we might hear a piece of music and be very influenced by the situation in which that piece of music is presented. Mm. But do you think that you always have an ear out for a piece of music that might that might, you know, catch your imagination regardless of where it's presented? Oh absolutely. I hear music and, you know, if it's something that's gonna if it's if it's something new and interesting, like no matter the context, I'll just be like, Oh, that's really cool, you know. Yeah, like it's... if Randy Savage is yelling over a piece of music, I'm not likely to notice <laughs> it, you know. But but well, I feel like a musician would be a lot more likely to pick that out and go, I'm gonna replay that piece of audio later and try to really think about that piece of music. Sure, I mean if Randy Savage was ever yelling over some audio that I would care about. Yeah. How can you not like Pomp and Circumstance? It's like one of the great wrestling entrance music ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree so don't don't front. I have no problem with what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I think it's weird that like I remember Randy Savage as a wrestler from a kid, but yeah. literally the reference regarding that person that comes up most often in my circle of friends is us 
doing the bone saw motion from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least it's that. I, see, I don't know. What's better, that or remembering him as the Slim Jim guy? Uh, oh, no. I think it's definitely bone saw because you get to say bone <laughs> saw. <you know? laughs> that is fun. I, I had fun just listening to you say that. My favorite Randy Savage is definitely his interviews. Those... This, Talking about, you know, being the cream of the crop. <laughs> and Elizabeth kind of looking dazed and confused. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. For me, the interview of my childhood would still always be uh, Kurt Hennig, you know? He's too obscure. Leif probably well, wouldn't even know who he is. Those ridiculous things where it was <laughs> the like he where they basketball know. or him throwing a touchdown to himself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that kind of crap. I, I mean, that'll never be taught. My dad still references those, and he's 71. <laughs> yeah. Joe, don't interrupt. We're talking about Japanese RPGs on the DS. <laughs> Quite literally this time. It's never getting localized ever. Yeah. Wow. Do you think Do you think Etrian's Odyssey is a is a Japanese game originally? It, it is. Okay, then I can talk about what Japanese RPGs on the DS. Why? <laughs> Why do you know what that get? What? I am currently playing Etrian's Odyssey two on the DS. That's that's my DS game right now. I can just wow. leave them, and you and, and Leif I'm can talk about it. Etrian Odyssey one at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it's map making. It's map map making. Yeah. And I dig that. Like, the idea of a game where I have to do an old-school dungeon crawl, but also make a map. Yeah. That's that's just retarded enough. Why, to is, why is it appealing to have to make a map? <laughs> I mean, I know <laughs> hardcore is fun and all, but... That's just that just seems like you know we we invented the you know the car we don't need to. <laughs> first of all, it's a little bit nostalgic because the the actual dungeon crawling is very reminiscent of something like uh, Fantasy Star Two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, or one was the three. The and three then dungeons. Uh, you know whatever the one that had the the faux three D. Yeah, so that was the first one. Um, and then uh, the map making. I don't know. I like quirky things. So as soon as you tell me that all the quests revolve around, you know, making your map correctly, uh, I, I suddenly get a shit. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't all revolve around making your map, but it definitely helps because it's, it's, I, what I like is that they're well-designed dungeons and... Well, well, I have to admit, yeah, like, I got, I got taken aback by how hardcore it was Yeah, <laughs> at, at certain stages, like... There is an enemy that I ran into uh-huh. who just, if you don't do the right thing, one-shots you. And I was like, was oh, one of the foes. Oh, oh, I'm playing this kind of game. This is the yeah. this is the kind of game I played, you know, when I was <laughs> 13. Yeah. And I just, I'm not used to that anymore. They've <laughs> trained us. They've trained us that games are, they train you more than they yeah. used to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, we kind of uh, ended abruptly there because uh, I think Drew showed up shortly thereafter and we switched uh, topics to talk about what we were all there for. So uh, that's it for episode three and a half of the Two Versus Two podcast. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the audio difficulties. Uh, they're going to be fixed in the new year. That's uh, my solemn vow. Thanks for listening and check out episode four of the Two Versus Two podcast, which is the Game of the Year edition and contains much more content. I'm now in control.